Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Counterthought. Have you ever kicked a hornet's nest accidentally? And then all of a sudden you are sitting here wondering how you even got into this situation in the first place? Well, that happened to me recently, and it happened to me regarding flat earth. So let me take you back a little bit and kind of set this set this up for you. Going back, I think maybe three weeks ago or so, uh, some friends of mine, fellow podcasters, had posted to an IG story of theirs asking flat earth or spherical earth, globe earth, is it worth the debate? And I chimed in saying, nope, not even worth the time. They said, well, what do you mean? Like, is it settled science? So I said, you know, yep, pretty much settled science. There's nothing out there that will prove a, a flat earth. We have everything to prove that it is a globe, a spherical earth. Well, that caught the attention of one of their friends. And he and I debated a little bit on that post, probably going back and forth about five, six, maybe seven times, guy. I got to admit, I, like, I, I didn't keep my composure because in my mind, I'm thinking, how can anybody think that there is a flat earth? I mean, there is science and just so much to back up the spherical earth. Pictures, photos, and again, science calculations, you know, astro- astronomy, uh, astrophysicists, regular physics, mathematicians, geology, oceanography, you know, aeronautics, and, and all this stuff to back up the claim that the proof that we live on a globe. So a week or two went by, and the question was posed again like, hey, flat earth or not? And I chimed in, it's like, you know, again, once again, spherical earth, globe earth. And then the friends of mine, um, they asked me the question, hey, Brian, do you want to, do you want to debate this topic? <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, I'll debate it, you know, let's, let's set some rules and the parameters for the debate and, you know, let's go. Well, that debate happened this past Saturday. It was a two-hour debate. I prepared for it. I mean, you know, I released my normal podcast episode last week, episode 45. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. Go check it out. It's about Elon Musk and saving free speech, as we like to call it, when really it's just, you know, saving Twitter and, and restoring more of a, a public forum within the, the laws of actual free speech. So go check that episode out. But that debate was this past Saturday. And from the time I was done and posted episode 45, so from that Wednesday on, I was like head down, free time, preparing for this debate. Because I don't know if you can tell through these videos or not, or you know how much you really know 
about me, but I am a competitive person. I am someone who grew up playing sports, playing games, you know, what have you, just being a normal kid all the way up through high school, intramurals and everything in college. But I'm a competitive person. I still am to this day, even though I'm well, well far removed from, from participating in organized sports. So I took this debate as a, as, as a competition and I was preparing, I was researching, I was taking it at, like trying to get into a lawyer mindset, not a lawyer, but you know, trying to get into the lawyer mindset of, okay, well, the, the majority is that it is a globe, a spherical earth. So it is not me that I need to defend. I do not need to defend that. I need to attack the flat earth, right? <clears throat> just hammer at them, take them out. That was my method, raise doubts, poke holes in the argument, you know, create that reasonable doubt that we hear so much about in the court of law. So this debate went on for two hours and it was spirited. I enjoyed it. I was fired up at the same time. It was kind of like some crazy emotions and, and everything going on inside of me. Cause I mean, I had this adrenaline going here and it's like for a debate, yeah, man, I was one, I don't like to be wrong. And two, I definitely don't want to lose. So I mean, this this was like, this was like a sporting event for me. I mean, I was, I was vested. And in my humble opinion, I dominated. I dominated. And those who were watching that debate or seen a replay would probably say that I didn't because the host along with the individual I was debating. And then a lot of the people watching the live are flat earthers. It is a flat earth because they do not trust government. And when they say government, they mean NASA or any government money that goes to an organization, a private company that has anything to do with space exploration. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. So you have like, you had the anti-government trust conspiracy wing, and then you have literal or literalists for the biblical side, Christians. And in that debate, I was I was debating both simultaneously because I knew through you know the previous back and forth with the fellow debater, my opponent, that he he referenced you know biblical reasons, you know scriptures, and then he referenced also science or or lack thereof but it is this this christian group that i want to focus on within within this episode not only do i find it hard to believe that we live on a flat earth since there is no scientific evidence to substantiate that claim matter of fact there isn't even a definitive flat earth model that's how weak of an argument that it is but there is also no biblical proof that says we live on a flat earth. And it just boggles my mind that there are, I'm discovering a good amount of Christians and this whole flat earth thing is growing. It's kind of been going on for the last three, four, five years. As I found out during my research, it's kind of really spooled up and built over this time. But I'm, 
realizing that there are a lot of Christians out there who believe that there is a flat earth and there is just not biblical proof. There are a lot of idioms and metaphors within scripture that mention um, round, four corners, you know, that looks like a stamp, you know, the, the undulations and everything in the earth looked like a, a press on an envelope, you know, melting of the wax and you use your seal and you press it down. But nothing that explicitly says we live on a flat earth. But this Christian belief that we do live on a flat earth gives me some concern. It is my belief that Christians who believe in a flat earth, even though they don't realize they're doing it, I believe that they are minimizing the power and the wonder and the capabilities of our God, the Lord Almighty. I mean, it says that he set the foundations for earth. Now, a lot of Christians, they were, they're literal. They're thinking foundation, so something flat, you know, thinking of a house or a building or something like that that we know today. Instead of considering that foundations instead means that everything that this earth is about is set on God, by God. He created it. The heavens, the same, created them with his own hands, it says in Psalms. So, I don't think, though, that these Christian flat earthers, though, are realizing what is happening. They'll tell you their faith is as strong as can be, and it may well be. But to me, over time, there's this doubt that is being sown within them that one of the reasons, and I saw this in like a psychological study, that people who believe in a flat earth are tend to be people who want to control things, who don't, don't like chaos, don't know what to do in chaos, want something that is final. They don't want anything to be open-ended. One of the arguments you hear from people who do believe in a flat earth, Christian or not, is believe what you see. Look at what is happening around you. Look at with your own eyes. That is the truth, what your eyes tell you. Well, our eyes can deceive us. And I don't understand how a Christian who says, use your eyes to justify that we live on a flat earth can then believe in Jesus Christ or much less believe in God, someone they have never seen. That they're having to trust other individuals, you know, third-party accounts and witnesses that the religion is based on existed. I just don't understand how, how you can be one but not the other. Say one thing, but if you apply that to the whole foundation of the Christian faith, it's, it crumbles. So what does a flat earther believe? Actually, better yet, what, what can a flat earther not explain? A flat earther cannot explain a lunar or a solar eclipse. How would they occur on a flat earth? You know, a lunar eclipse, we have the earth, their sh the shadow being projected onto the moon, you know, being backlit by the sun. Well, in the flat earth models that exist out there, it's the sun and the moon hovering above inside the firmament, which ties into biblical, and I'll get to that in a second. But how do you get a lunar eclipse? Because in these flat earth models, it's sun and the moon are just going right above the earth. How are you going to cast a shadow from the earth if the sun never dips below the earth? Well, the next lunar eclipse 
just so happens, is on May 15th. So I challenge any of you flat earthers who are watching this video to go outside and explain to me how you can see a curved shadow going across the face of the moon during this lunar eclipse. That should justify that this is a spherical earth that we live on because that shadow that they'll be looking at is from earth. Also, they can't explain ships that disappear on the horizon from the bottom up. They say that there is this, this uh, refraction that goes on with the sun, sunlight shining and bouncing off the top of the water. Well, if it was a flat earth, that ship, and this is how they know the refraction, but let's say there is no refraction and it was a flat earth. The ship would just be sailing and just get smaller and smaller and smaller but you'll still see the entire ship the entire time until it just disappears into the distance because you can no longer see that far. Also plane flight times. In one of the flat earth models shown right here on the screen, you can see how it, you know, it is spread out. And in order to go from Santiago, Chile in South America to Sydney, Australia, the shortest distance between two points we know or should know is a straight line. So how come the planes don't fly over North America? On a globe, they fly, stay in the Southern Hemisphere and fly around the Pacific Ocean to get from Santiago, Chile to Sydney, Australia. Another thing a flat earther can't explain, whether you know a Christian or not, are the constellations and how they vary based on the distance from the equator. If the earth was flat, you could see the same constellations regardless of your location. Sunrise and sunset. So the lunar eclipses and sunrise sunset are the two things that the two simplest ways to prove that it is a spherical earth. Because it is also the two things so simple that flat earth should be able to explain if we truly lived on a flat earth. But they can't. So like I said, sunset Models I've seen for flat Earth, the sun never goes below Earth, below the horizon. There's talks about there's a spotlight effect for, for the spherical sun that we can see in the sky. That defies all laws of light and how that functions. You, you can't have a, a circle in the sky, but yet be a spotlight, especially when the sun gets lower in the horizon. So you know, again, this stuff just doesn't make sense. If you're on a flat earth, raising up in height means you wouldn't be able to see any farther. But on a spherical earth, you could. You could see beyond the curve if you were high enough. Now, we as normal humans, you and me, we can't, we can't get high enough. I think you have to be roughly about 60 miles above the earth to above sea level to actually see the curvature, which happens to be around, I believe, that breaking point um, or that barrier to technically be in space, to be out of the Earth's atmosphere. So you can watch the Blue Origin flight that Jeff Bezos and his uh, friends or small crew, I think it was like four or five of them total, did last year. And you can look out the windows in their Space Origin flight and you can see the blue curvature out their window. Flat Earther also can't, dis can't explain the behavior of the other planets in the solar system. You know, a flat earth model, it's just the moon going around in a circle similar to the sun right above the earth. So again, explain these eclipses to me. 
And why would God create the earth to be any different from these other planets that we can literally go outside with a telescope and look at and see that they are round. They are spherical. They have moons. Why would God create us, create us to be different? Some Christians, they believe that God would make us to be different because we are special. They say we, if we were not if we were just spherical like all these other planets that we see in the solar system and in these other galaxies and what have you, then we would be considered insignificant. Insignificant? That's exactly what I'm talking about with this seed being planted in the mind of a flat earth Christian. It is the seed of doubt. God said that earth is, he is the foundation of this earth. So how can we be insignificant? There are other part, other locations in the Bible, other stories where he talks about if I take care of the birds <clears throat> as they fly through the air, take care of them with food and water, like how much more will I care for you? So how can earth be insignificant? Like in, if, I don't understand. Again, it's, it's a seed being placed, whether whether it's being realized or not, that you are limiting God. Some instances you are contradicting God. All of his might, his wonder, his power, his miracles. How can you believe those things when you read the Bible, but then say that, that there's no, like you can't explain X, you know, like water on the bottom of the Southern hemisphere, you know, or how does a plane, how does someone stand on the Southern hemisphere? Because you're thinking they're upside down. You don't want to believe that, that that's possible, but yet you'll believe a miracle? A way for, you'll believe that Jesus could spit into the dirt, create mud, put it on a man's eyes who is blind, and then he can see? You'll believe that Jesus can raise a man from the dead, Lazarus, but you won't believe that God can create a, us to live on a spherical earth and for water to stay and not fall off? For people not to fall off? Explain that to me. If you're a flat earth Christian, explain that to me. How can you believe in miracles? How can you believe that the curtain in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies, which is said to be about four inches thick, was torn in two from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross, but yet you think God would leave earth insignificant as just some tiny little marble amidst the... Explain that to me chaos of the universe? Another thing a flat, flat earthers can't explain is 24-hour daylight and darkness simultaneously. In the summertime, in the northern parts of um, Alaska, you can have 24 hours of daylight. I've been there. I've seen it. And then at the same time, down there towards Antarctica, the southern tips of South America, it would be 24 hours of darkness. Uh, you, you can't do that with, with the sun and the moon just hovering above the earth. They say it's possible whenever you do the spotlight, but the sun can't be a spotlight because you can see it in the sky. And if the sun was a spotlight and it was shining down, if I was in an area of darkness not covered by the spotlight, I would see the spotlight. Just like if you're in a theater and you see a spotlight shining down onto the stage and you're in the, the crowd, the house sitting down watching, you can see the spotlight shining. I mean, it's not 
it's not difficult to explain away. But for the flat earth Christians who I guess are taking this from more of a literal perspective, they will talk about the firmament, you know, and the vault in verses in Genesis 1, 6 through 8 and also 14. It said that a vault was created to separate the waters from below and the waters above, and the vault was called the sky. Well, the Hebrew word for vault and firmament can also mean expanse. Some believe that the firmament that is referenced is actually one of the um, part of the Earth's atmosphere, considered like the the troposphere. Psalm 148.4 says there are waters above the sky. Well, I mean, that can, that can just be the clouds that form in the sky. Also, Firmament talks about 2 Peter 3, 5, the earth was formed out of water and by water. Okay, well, some might interpret that could be like a fishbowl, especially when it comes to Noah and the flood. And the only way to wipe it out was for it to be a flat earth and Almost like a fishbowl was filled up and then all of a sudden drained down. Well, you could also interpret that to be that the earth was formed and first covered by water and then the water receded and exposed the continents. Isaiah 40, 22, Psalm 104, verse 2 and 3, 2 Samuel twenty two sixteen. 16, they all talk about how God sits above the circle of the earth. This is a key one. Sits above the circle of the earth and stretches out the heavens like a canopy, like a tent to live in. Well, Psalm 19.5 also says the sun is the bridegroom coming out of its, its chamber. But we know the sun is not literally a bridegroom. Again, these are, these are idioms. And I'm not trying to, to disprove God or anything with what I'm saying. I'm just acknowledging that these verses that flat earth are idioms, metaphors. And not saying there's nothing explicitly that says God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was flat. Foundations of the earth. I've already talked about this a little bit. You know, the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of his hands. Psalm 102 verse 25. God laid the foundations and the heavens are the work of his hands. The foundation, again, I believe, means the establishment by God. And the stability, like a foundation gives us for a building or or a house, the foundation is by God and rests upon God. His power, his might, his sovereignty. Samuel, 1 Samuel talks about the pillars. You know, at that time, you know, making things relatable, We see that in scripture all the time, pillars of the temple. Pillars touch the foundation and they touch the roof. They are what hold the roof, the the temple, the house, whatever, up. The pillars are upholding the foundation of the earth. And in Job 26, 7, it says, God hangs the earth on nothing. So you could think, okay, well, does that mean it's just floating? Possibly. But definitely doesn't mean that there are literal pillars. I mean, I don't think you can think think that from those verses. And then the Bible also talks about how the earth is immovable. 
And Joshua 10, 13 says, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, and the people avenged themselves upon their enemies. Well, that story is talking about Joshua's prayer and lengthening the times for the Israelites to defeat the Canaanites, the gods of Baal and Ashtoreth. And we cannot explain how God performed that miracle, make it stood still if he actually made the sun stand still. God does miracles all the time, as I just talked about. God did miracles before Jesus came into the world, and then Jesus performed miracles himself. Cannot be explained except by the sheer wonder of God and Jesus Christ. So why flat earth Christians are failing or don't want to then let that be true when it comes to this earth, the actual planet that we live on, just baffles me. I don't, I don't understand it. To me, again, it is minimizing God and his power and his wonder and his might and his sovereignty. We can look up into the sky and see the heavens, see the stars, see the solar system, see everything. We can predict when these planets are going to be coming back around. All of these things. Scientists, physicists, you know, science is not the enemy of God. Science is our attempt as humans to understand what God created. So to dismiss something because you don't believe that the science is possible because you don't understand it, that seems foolish to me. God put people on this earth to create wonderful things, to do wonderful things. Our anatomy, our anatomy is science. We wouldn't know about our anatomy if it was not for, for doctors, for researchers. We would not know how to grow specific plants or other things like that, you know, just going basic in your own garden if it wasn't for, for science. So you can't just discredit science and think that it is an evil. Science is not the evil of God. Science is our way to try to understand how God created what he did on this earth and everywhere. On this earth and in this universe. So again, to me, a spherical earth is not satanic. It is not meant to hide God. To me, the flat earth hides God. It hides his abilities, his capabilities, everything that he accomplished in this creation. Just, just sows that seed of doubt, whether it shows up now or in the future, but if then your individual life, you experience chaos or a larger scale of chaos around you, like this world is broken. Sin has broken this world. And there is chaos in it each and every single day that we are having to deal with. And now that you're putting the seed in your head that limits God, that somehow earth is insignificant because it is just a little blue marble amongst all these galaxies as if we are unprotected. I just don't understand that. Fellow Christians, I do not understand that. Explain that to me. Explain how you can believe that we are not protected when God said that he laid the foundations of the earth. The earth is not insignificant. Whether everything that we know about our solar system and the galaxies, that the galaxy we are a part of and other galaxies, whether or not all of that is true to the 100% true, we are not insignificant. We are not at risk of just being blown out of our solar system. That is limiting God. 
And it may seem unimportant now, but I believe that is a seed that is being buried deep into us that in the future may bear a poisonous fruit. It sows a seed of doubt. And amidst the chaos in this world, and it worries me that that seed of doubt may cause us to not trust God when we need to trust him most amidst the chaos and the sin happening in this world. So flat earth Christians, please do not let that seed of doubt enter into your mind. Try to get rid of it, please. Again, Job 9 verses 4 and 10 says that God's wisdom is profound, his power vast. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed and miracles that cannot be counted. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.